0: Corporate media never want reality to complicate a good storyline. Trump is still about the disgruntled white working class for elite reporters, even though he only gets majority favorable ratings among households making upwards of 100,000 a year. Likewise, Trump is anti-interventionist even as he directs violent interventions on multiple fronts. Faulting no one for being concerned about possible saber-rattlers in the Biden administration, a history in which Donald Trump is allowed to be labeled an exception to belligerent U.S. foreign policy, will be deeply flawed. A recent piece by our next guest encourages a shakeup of that characterization and its erasure of the horrors the Trump administration has brought to, for one, Yemen. Murtasa Hussein is a journalist at The Intercept. He joins us now by phone from Brooklyn. Welcome back to Counterspin, Murtasa Hussein.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, your piece began, as did the Trump presidency, with what the White House called a highly successful intelligence-gathering raid on a Yemeni village, al Gail. I'd say remind us, but for many of us, it may be the first time hearing what happened and what did it herald about Trump and Yemen?
1: In the early months of the Trump presidency, right at the beginning of the Trump presidency, uh, the initial phase of it, there was a raid authorized on a Yemeni village uh, that had been... This plan had been previously mooted during the Obama era, but had not been carried forward. But when Trump came into office, uh, it was perceived at the time to execute it. And essentially, uh, special forces were deployed to the Yemeni village, and it turned out to be a massacre. And several dozen civilians were killed. One U.S. service member was also killed. And among the uh, civilian victims were several children, more than 10 children, including a young girl who was an American citizen, a Yemeni-American citizen, and who was the uh, daughter of Anwar al-Awlaki, a uh, former uh, preacher in the United States, a Muslim preacher who was killed under the Obama administration. So I think that what that raid signified very early was the fact that the worst of the Obama-era counterterrorism practices were to carry on into the Trump administration. And indeed, we have seen that over the past four years. So while Trump likes to characterize himself symbolically as being against the wars of the preceding Washington establishment, in practice, he's carried on those wars and even escalated and intensified them, as we've seen in Yemen.
0: Well, the intercepts Iona Craig said I saw her on Democracy Now that she had subsequently heard from villagers uh you know from that that village that was raided and and they were repeatedly targeted it wasn't a matter of a single day months later she said many were living in tents on the mountainside because they were afraid to go back to their homes but just to be clear Trump didn't just not get out of something that he inherited, he actually made it worse. And that's what this Air Wars report illustrates.
1: Exactly right. He has made all these conflicts worse. And to the extent that he's been non-interventionist, it's mostly that he has not intervened with the CIA or the Department of Defense doing what it wants to do. He has not Uh, pushed back politically or stood on any principles. And it's very interesting. He's developed this reputation by just constantly portraying himself as somebody who's anti-war. And some small number of people have found it compelling. The reality has just not been the case. He's not been anti-war. He has let the uh, military establishment, the intelligence establishment, do everything it wants to do. It just so happens that the U.S. is so spent at the moment that there was not going to be a major war in this period of time because uh, their resources are exhausted but anything they wanted to do they've got uh, Trump has been no impediment to that at all
0: well and even with regard to Yemen there's been some pushback you know some calls to to pull u s support from that that Saudi coalition but Trump in fact you know he 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 very proactively uh, vetoed that Congressional measure.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. he had because his political supporters did not want such a measure, and he is never one to do what's politically unpopular or politically difficult. He does the easiest thing at every given time, and then he goes and gives a speech and tweets about, you know, what an iconoclast he is, and that's what he's been living off of. And unfortunately, even this election, which he lost, tens of millions of people found this narrative compelling, but the simple reality is that there's no connection to how he's actually governed.
0: Well, one thing that is extremely Trumpian that you would have thought would have been picked up on in a big way is the fact that when asked about civilian casualties, Trump claimed that in strikes on Yemen, there had been zero, zero civilian casualties. Yeah.
1: Right, it's just a disregard and not caring about reality. Essentially, which has been a hallmark of how he's governed more broadly. Yeah, America is greater than ever. There's no casualties. The economy is X, Y, and Z. Uh, unfortunately, it's not true, and it covers up the great tragedy in this case that there have been horrible casualties in these operations.
0: Well, part of the confusion, it seems like, is some slipperiness around what constitutes war. You know, I mean, are uh, air strikes or drone strikes or? What if you just bomb the harbor where food and medicine get in? You know, we read about sanctions as a way to avoid war, but they they kill people just as dead, you know? I mean, do you think part of it is this, that we just don't have these clear ways to talk about U.S. actions causing death and suffering if it doesn't have this label of of war put on it?
1: Precisely. Sanctions is one thing you brought up. Under Trump, it's unprecedented sanctions targeting Iran. Uh, even during the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, Iran was having a hard time dealing with the pandemic anyways. just like the U.S. or any other country. Iran is far less wealthy than the U.S. And what they've done is they've made it almost impossible to deal effectively with the pandemic by very mercilessly sanctioning and ramping up sanctions during this period. And it's killing people. And historically, siege was considered an act of war. To undertake a siege against another foreign population is considered an act of war. And these sanctions are basically a form of siege against the civilian population to extort some sort of political goal from their leadership. In this case, I think their goal is to cause the collapse of the Iranian government, which, as we've seen, can just lead to total chaos and horror for the people who live in the country, even if they don't like the government themselves either. So they're killing people in huge numbers. Trump is not said a single word about any of this, and he's been the enabler of it and the supporter of it in anything. Uh, And, you know, it's just a bad parody that he characterized himself as anti-war president, simply not the case in any sense.
0: Well, Biden, Joe Biden, suggested that he opposed the assault on Yemen and even that he opposed weapon sales to the UAE and to Saudi Arabia. Michelle Flournoy, who today we hear is likely going to be Biden's choice for secretary of defense, has said she supports weapons sales, but maybe they could be conditional and not be used in Yemen. It's quite unclear. And this is all before Biden starts to get pressure about being tough on Iran, you know, via Yemen. I just wonder, finally, do you have any sense of how or if things might change with regard to the U.S. and Yemen when the administration changes?
1: Well, there was a lot of momentum during this campaign from progressives, specifically to put pressure uh, on foreign policy issues on the Democratic establishment. Because of the Bernie Sanders campaign, I think they are forced to listen a bit more. But now, of course, that leverage is sort of gone. And if you've seen some of the announcements of Biden's personnel He's really drawn from you know, the establishment of the establishment for who he wants to advise him on foreign policy. So well, I think that it's really important that the pressure continues on this, because I understand the sentiment that a lot of people express, but I think that there is still some opportunity to change course on this. Mm-hmm. I think there is a difference between the Biden and the Trump administration, because we have four years of Trump, and we know that he's completely insensible to any form of pressure, and he does not even pretend to care. Whereas with Biden, they can't completely pretend not to care, right. and they can't give an image of being insensible to any progressive pressure at all because they need progressives to the coalition. So uh, I think that there's an opportunity to push them on this. And uh, Michelle Flournoy, somebody mentioned, these are people who have wavered a bit, but mm. they have not been completely ironclad in their commitment to these this policy push on Yemen, and there's opportunity there perhaps to push people as hard as you can to take the most equitable positions on Yemen and other soldiers.
0: Well, we've been speaking with journalist Murtaso Hussein. You can find his work, including Trump, the war president, leaves a trail of civilians dead in Yemen at TheIntercept.com. Murtaso Hussein, thank you for joining us this week on Counterspin.
1: Oh, thank you. My pleasure.